Coming up on another international big footy podcast, we talk to Lee Barnes, the coach of the United States women's football team, The Freedom, about their prospects at the International Cup, their preparation and their expectations. All that and more coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Lee Barnes, the coach of the United States Women's Freedom Team, and for this International Cup at least, the coach of the United States Liberty Women's Team. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Jason. Or good afternoon, I should say, for you. Yeah, I can I can go back to Melbourne time pretty easy. I'm in Adelaide, so it's... Uh... I can go Adelaide time even easier. <laughs> um, so, how long have you been involved in uh, coaching women's football for? For the, for the women's side of things, in 2011, just before the uh, International Cup of that year, uh, the United States Freedom Team, as it was only then, was in need of a coach. And I'd just finished coaching duties of the men's team over where I am in San Francisco. So they reached out to me and asked me if I'd like to, to step up to that position. And so for the 2011 lead into the International Cup, and from there on, I've been uh, the Freedom Coach. So you no longer... You no longer coach uh, San Francisco? No, I actually went back for a couple of years in the middle, the 2012, 2013, uh, just because we were in need of a coach. But uh, now I'm, I was done beforehand and I'm well and truly done now with, that, with going for that, that coaching. Okay, so do you, coach, do you coach anything else or just the women? Just the women's now. This, this particular year, of course, uh, with the big endeavour of sending two teams to Australia... We've had the our training camp in February, and then now it's just all the preparations leading into it, and, and that takes up most of my spare time now. How, how is it that the United States is sending two women's teams to the International Cup? I know, I know Canada is as well, but uh, how did that happen? What happened was we, we, we play Canada in between International Cups, and we send two teams to, to that event, and obviously Canada have two teams as well. And we sort of got the idea just prior to our training camp that if we got great numbers, what would stop us sending two teams? You know, if girls can go and they're willing to go, knowing that one team's in the International Cup, that was back then, and the other team would be playing uh, outside of the Cup, we thought if girls were willing to do it, then we were willing to try and put it together. And so from that little brainstorming session... Uh, we decided on the two teams and, and we've had no problems whatsoever getting it organised and then now we've been added into the Cup so it makes it a, a, a bit more special for the girls. Is, is this because there are limited numbers of women's teams in the Cup as opposed to uh, so many men's teams? Uh, absolutely, yes. A, a lot of countries struggle uh, for the money for it all. Uh, PNG just recently pulled out and that was the major factor. They had the girls, they just didn't have the money. And then the Europe side of things, I think it was the other way around there. They didn't have the players. Uh, so it is really in response to the fact that there's a limited amount of teams. So anything to make the competition a little bit bigger uh, is obviously better. So it kind of gives you guys and, and the Canadians at least a bit of a bit of an advantage in that uh, in, in that area. I think you're up against the New Guinea women, the New Zealand women, and the Irish women. Uh, you would, I haven't 
seen any draws out, put out as yet about what's going on. There are rules about uh, limiting the transition between the squads. They haven't sort of sorted that out either yet. Okay. But but we're willing to work with it, with the rules. Mainly our objective is, yes, winning is a great thing to do, but our objective is to give the girls as much playing time as possible. We want everybody to play footy. They're spending a lot of their own money and time off work to come to Australia for this. The most important part is for them to be playing footy. Absolutely. So how many people are, are touring with the United States women's teams? We, with the players, we have at this particular point of time, we have 49 players counting a couple of emergencies uh, who are already on the touring party. And we have about 10 or 15 people, uh, coaches, family members coming down. So we have probably between 60 and 65 people just in our touring party alone. Jesus. That's, 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 that's massive. I mean, yeah, most, most men's teams that are coming down are only bringing down like 28, 29 people. Yes, the, the one thing you find with, uh, well, I found with, with the women's football here is uh, you know, when, we, when we select men's teams to go to our national events over here, if 35 people say they're going, we struggle to get 22. But yeah. with the women's side of things, when the girls say they're going, if, you know, if, if 46 or 7 or 8 people say they're going, we get about 46. So <laughs> it's a difference between the, that side of things. They stick to their word a lot. I guess the other advantage you've got is you don't have any trouble scheduling practice games or anything once you get to Australia either. Uh, whereas most teams, they're pretty much landing and they're going straight to the cup. I, mean, I was talking to uh, the guys from India last night and they're saying that basically they won't have even played 18 aside football until they hit the International Cup itself. Yes, and that is an issue... Uh... I believe Canada last cup scheduled a practice game beforehand, which was good of them. They got in a little bit earlier. Uh, we're all getting in early. The, the Greater Melbourne women's football community has been tremendous. They've uh, reached out to us. We've had a, a few clubs want to uh, host us for events and any game that we could fit in, which could be a practice game and you know, after-match things. The Greater Melbourne community has really stepped in to uh, help us out, and, and that's, as you said, about getting some practice time in. We've only been together one event, and that was the training camp in, in February. Apart from that, we haven't seen the girls collectively together. So we are looking forward to getting to Australia on the, the Saturday, the Sunday, and having a game either against ourselves or somebody uh, as, as a lead into the Cup. Okay, so with women's footy in uh, the US, how many, how many women do you have to choose from, basically, to form your team? There... There's around about uh, six to eight full teams in in the state's total now. It uh, doesn't sound a lot, but it's up from uh, probably three teams total in previous years and then a few combined teams. For example, Baltimore combined with Baltimore, uh, with Boston, sorry. Uh, so the, the women we're looking at collectively is about 120 to 150 people. Uh, who are playing most of the time, and then there's the the girls that are coming in on a one-on-one basis. But reality-wise, there's probably 60 girls in the mix uh, at the moment that are, are worthy of playing. And you've got 50 of them coming down. That's not a bad effort. Oh, sorry, I didn't quite get that. And you've got 50 of them coming to Australia. That's not a bad yeah, effort at all. 
Uh, yeah, look, at the training camp, we had 50-something at the training camp. Uh, three said straight away that they couldn't make it, uh, and we've only lost two since then. So, as I mentioned, that uh, they very much are very passionate about their footy, and when they say yes, they mean yes. We're going, we're going. Okay, so the freedom, that's your number one side, though, isn't it? That's that's, that's correct. So what sort of qualification process do you undergo to get into the freedom? Uh, training camp and uh, the Nationals. At the National Tournament, the, the teams go as they stand, as in San Francisco Centre Team, Minnesota, Sacramento, etc. cetera. Uh, I do a lot of scouting on that and see uh, what the girls have improved, who's new, uh, and then when we offer, when we send out invitations to the training camp, we look at that then. And then a little bit of word of mouth about people coming through. But by and large, they're the two main events that we get to see the girls first up. Uh, then we just rely on coaches from around the areas. So it's not a great selection process in terms of we don't get too many events to see. But uh, we, we get the information in there and we see enough of the girls to know who's who's ready for the number one team. Okay. And what sort of uh, staffing arrangements do you have? We've been really blessed. We've got uh, a, a manager that I don't know how she does it, especially putting two teams together. And uh, Jess, our manager, just works her butt off to get us going and moving there. And we have a women's coordinator, Drea, who's on the board of the USAFL. And those two people are really the driving forces behind women's football here at the moment. And then myself and the coaches uh, are left pretty much to look at the coaching side of things and not worry too much about the other side. Although, of course, with the planning of something of this magnitude, that sort of involved me a fair bit too about scheduling days and, and events and stuff like that. So we're, we're, we're blessed to have the people that we have. Okay. Now, earlier this year, or late last year, rather, you had the 49th Parallel Cup. How yes, I'm really trying to forget that one. Obviously, it didn't go well. <laughs> that would be an understatement. I, I, I keep saying to me, girls, that uh, everybody has one of those days, and we had a beauty. Uh, but that would also be taking away from Canada. Uh, they came out very, very well prepared. Uh, they, they jumped us from the start. And I couldn't even tell you that we played catch-up football. We just couldn't basically get on the board for the game. It was a real struggle for us. But I wouldn't take anything away from Canada. They really turned it on on their home field. And uh, it was it was great to see them progress as much as they did. And we got some lessons out of it, um, albeit, albeit some bitter lessons. But we did get some lessons out of it. Okay. We, we've talked a little bit to some of the Canadians earlier in the year. There was a bit of a... Bigfooty kind of adopted uh, a Canadian woman that was uh, playing um, and she's made the second team that's coming over from Canada uh, but yeah, so don't be surprised if uh, at the International Cup you see a lot of uh, Canadian support <laughs> so it's, it <laughs> no, is, that's, no, that's no problem it's kind of weird that way really but um, so I know the New Zealand guys are sending a team. Um, the New guys, the, yes. Sorry, the New Zealand women are sending a team. Um, no, they, they, they pulled out again as well. They, they were really? another one of the team that pulled out. They pulled out. Papua New Guinea pulled out four or five days ago, 
and now uh, the New Zealand girls team pulled out uh, end of last week. Oh, okay. I haven't yet talked to uh, the New Zealand uh, guys since uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, apparently their pathway program is working well, but they haven't got a, a lot of they haven't got many mature age girls coming through at the moment. They've got a lot of their sixteen to eighteen year old girls coming through, which I think they thought might be a little bit uh, harsh on them at the moment in the international cup and probably money wise as well. Okay, um, I do find it actually. I can see the women's teams listing now. Uh, Ireland, Fiji, and Tonga are sending women. Um, I guess the only, probably the real threats there are Canada for you, <laughs> and maybe the Irish women. Oh no, Ireland! I, under the current setup, uh, Ireland will be very, very hard to to get beat. They have uh, fourteen of their twenty-five the squad members that actually live in Australia. They train and play football every week and uh, they were the the force at the last International Cup and I'd be very surprised if anything changes this time around. They are extremely talented athletes from the Gaelic football through to the Australian football and they have some girls that have got amazing skills. So the Irish will be extremely hard to get over. The Irish and, then, and then I would put Canada as number two and us as number three. Well... That'll, that'll be fascinating, and Fiji and Tonga, uh, interesting inclusions in that uh, list. Yeah, very much unknowns. Really wish them all the best. Uh, we were fortunate to play P&G twice at the last International Cup, and just between games, we, we won fairly easy in the first game, and then in the second game we played them, they really improved. They were a bunch of really good girls. They were enthusiastic and keen, and just between those games, they picked up a lot of tips and a lot of football knowledge. Uh, and so I'm hoping this will be the same for the Fiji girls and the Tongan girls, that they get to learn about the, the game a little bit more, and I, I'm sure they'll just really love the atmosphere. So good on them. They're unknowns, uh, but we're really enjoying looking forward to seeing them play. Because you guys were third at the last International Cup. Uh, behind Ireland and Canada. So. Yes. You, at least you've got the big three back. No women, uh, no Australian uh, Indigenous women this time. So no, it's all and no no Papua New Guinea side. Yes, that's unfortunate. That that is unfortunate. Um, so really, it's uh, it's the Canadians and uh, the Irish for you. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'll have to see how they do the draw. I mean, there's seven teams. I I sat down with my limited brain power to try and figure out how you get the games into seven teams. I, I, I don't know if two pools work or you just get a random draw. So it'll just be interesting to see how that works to see the final seedings to get into a final. Uh, we, we've been told by the AFL that that draw will come out in the next few days. I, uh, I'm eagerly awaiting uh, the freedom playing the liberty at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that might be a little bit tough for all of us to endure, I think. <laughs> Your coaches running from one side of the bench to the other. Yeah, look, we run around like headless chooks as it is. So, I mean, I don't know if you'd notice any difference. Okay, so what are what are the benefits for you at the International Cup? Uh, look, the just to see the the girls really soak it up. We we go to a, a big effort to give them a, a really quality experience. Um, I know that you'll appreciate this, but last time Carlton looked after us really well. 
we went to Sydney when we were in Sydney, went to the Swans, uh, Collingwood, we had a tour of Collingwood, and we've reached out again to Collingwood and to Carlton to try and get some extra events in for the girls. And, and the International Cup itself this year, going out to a local field, will be something that the girls will remember forever. So I just get a kick out of seeing that, that the way they play with so much passion and really soak it up and enjoy the atmosphere. And I think this one will be uh, bigger and better than last time. I'm really looking forward to seeing the girls enjoy that. I see your, uh, your grand final will be at Punt Road Oval. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll be cool. That's something cool for whoever the two teams are that make that. It makes it a little bit extra special, something to aim for. Uh, I know the men's side of things over here, they made T-shirts up that their mission was to get to the MCG. So, you know, basically now every women's team's mission is to get to Punt Road. I believe it's before uh, the men's grand finals, before a Geelong Hawthorne game. That's... that's uh... Could yeah, be, and that, that could it, be daunting. <laughs> and the great experience about that is it's, uh, as you can imagine, we don't play any games over here under lights. Um, you know, fields fields are tough enough to get uh, any, any way we yeah. can. So the men will get to play, you know, an evening game because I think the Hawthorne game after that is a 7.40 start. So the men could be around 5 o'clock playing at the G under lights. Uh, it probably doesn't get much better than that for them. Okay, do, do you have any other... Uh, international competition or any other competition besides the Nationals and uh, the International Cup? No, every, well, everything else is in-house. Uh, for example, here, San Francisco, we're close to Sacramento, so we play them. Uh, and then on the other side of the country, there's a lot of in-house tournaments where Boston and Baltimore will get together and they'll play against New York. Uh, some of the Canadian teams, Montreal, uh, get invited into that. Uh, and then in the middle, Minnesota, try and get some games in. But it's it's very much the geographical setup of America makes it very, very hard to get games uh, against any opposition. We, we've talked about having a, a couple of more games against uh, Canada in non-international cup years. And I think that's something that will be worthwhile for both parties. But it's very hard to get quality football time in. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, what, what about playing Ireland or something? Did, that used to happen, I believe, or with uh, the men at least. I think uh, America at one stage did a, to- a tour of um, of England uh, before me. I know that we did do a tour of Australia before the last International Cup, but again, it's it's a lot of expense, uh, and with the Irish situation, they've got girls virtually in Ireland and Australia, so it's a lot of expense to get to play. We do have uh, St Albans coming over here at the end of of their football season. St Albans are a women's team in Melbourne, and they're coming over in September. Uh, So I I believe we're going to try and get a game in in the San Francisco side of things locally, and then they head over to New York, where New York will probably give them a game. Uh, So that's something that's that's, good to reach out to get a few of the local teams to come over. And I think that's something that's more doable than, say, international games. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, best of luck at the International Cup, Matt. Um, I think think you'll probably agree that you'll need it a little bit playing, again, your nemesis in uh, Canada, (laughs) but also uh, the highly rated Irish side. So... Best of luck from us uh, here at Bigfooty, and thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much, Jason. We're really looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, embracing the the football culture 
for all it's worth, uh, it's something the girls will get to experience and, and we can sit back and see the pleasure on their faces. So thanks very much. Thank you. I've been talking to Lee Barnes, the coach of the Women's Freedom from the United States and now also the coach of the uh, Women's Liberty who uh, could well end up playing each other at the International Cup if uh, the gods are really unkind to him. Thanks very much, Lee. Thank you, mate.